Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. A new month means a new mini-series. If you've been following us for the past couple of months, we've been focusing on time management and organization and how to build effective habits in each of those areas. This month, we're jumping into productivity, and today we want to share some of our biggest productivity struggles. Because trust me, we have them. (laughs) (laughs) But first, let's hear a TSH from Renee. Renee says her time-sucking hurdle is searching for new, better resources on Teachers Pay Teachers online and spending lots of time looking for all the materials I do have trying to decide what to use. Y'all, I'm just reading it the way it's written. Okay. I often am not planned and ready for my intervention groups because I spend all my time trying to decide what to use or searching for better things to help my students. It causes lots of anxiety because I am not ready for the day, but I can't seem to break this cycle. Please help. Yeah, Renee, I think a lot of people feel this way sometimes, but I think you have to have a plan before heading into online. I see like online as a big department store. Like I, and and please just note, I hate shopping. (laughs) So for me going into a department store, it can be really, really overwhelming. You have to decide on what you need before jumping into Teachers Pay Teachers or else you're going to get caught up in this like big rabbit hole. So decide on the focus and the objective that you have first. Use your standards to help align what you're doing and then just go from there. That's so funny because in my head, I was thinking about how this reminds me of Target and how if you don't know (laughs) what you're going in there for, like you will leave with a bunch of things you didn't know you needed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think Bridget hit the hail hit the hail on the head, hit the (laughs) nail on the head. (laughs) You have to know exactly what you're looking for. I do know what you're referring to, though. I think sometimes you go on to a website like TPT and you can't find exactly what you're looking for. So you waste time looking when you probably could have just created it yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some tough love. First, ask yourself why you spend so much time looking at the different resources. And I say this because this is what I do. Sometimes... It's possible that deep down you're trying to procrastinate other tasks, but you want to disguise it as like doing something quote unquote productive. Mm -hmm. So then remind yourself that done is better than perfect. Like sometimes we spend so much time searching for the perfect image or the perfect resource. And the reality is nothing is going to be perfect. So just pick the best one and move on. Yeah, that is such a really good point. Nice. Good words, Michelle. (laughs) You're welcome. Today, we're going to be going into a deep look at our biggest struggles uh, that we have had with productivity. Our hope is that you will be able to really resonate and learn from our mistakes and also to help everyone else improve. Um, And we just want to kind of show you all as well that we are not perfect people. I know. It's always hard for me to admit. <laughs> I Well, I mean, yeah, I like to think that I'm super perfect or that I'm ideal as like I tell so many people, but I am not. <laughs> I know. I know I'm not, but I still strive for it. You know what I mean? Yep. So we are each going to share three mistakes. Yeah. Words are hard. Yep. Words are hard. Okay. So we are each going to share three mistakes that we recognize we've made ourselves. And for each mistake, we're going to also share tips and tricks that have kind of helped us. That way you can avoid making the same mistakes. 
Yeah. So I'm going to jump into my first kind of big struggle when it comes to productivity, and that's going to be task hopping. (laughs) I think we talked about this. Was it with the glass balls, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, I was going to play stupid and be like, what are you talking You task copy? <laughs> <laughs> you stinker. <laughs> yeah, I have this habit of task copying. <laughs> um, and I like to jump from task to task. I really and honestly think it's because I... I guess I'm going to get into this in just a little bit, but I think there's just so many different reasons for why I do this. And I know there are so many other people out there that that feel the same way. But in the past, I would say this because like I would do this because I couldn't focus on an activity for a long period of time. I used to try to tell myself, well, it's just because I don't have the focus. Like how many of us have always said like, oh, well, I'm ADD or ADHD when you really don't even know that. Like you don't have that diagnosis and yet you want to self-diagnose yourself. I feel like that's kind of the same idea. But then I started realizing that it was because I really lacked the stamina for focusing on what I was doing. And this caused me to never finish tasks. And then I would start to feel overwhelmed because I had like 15 different projects that I was working on. Yeah. So I have gotten better, right, Michelle? Tell everyone I've gotten better. You have improved (laughs) massively in this area. Yes. So here are some things that have really helped me. One, I've started to batch my content more. So I combine tasks and will work on those tasks for an extended period of time. Now, I will say that I am not perfect in this area. For instance, I did my week in the life this last week. And one of the things that I told myself, there was one day because I had finished grad school and there was a day where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to work on this thing for my community thing. And then I also have report cards. So I'll do a little bit of report cards. There I was. Guess what? Task copping yet again. But what's funny is I got to school because I recorded that in the morning, got to school and I realized that I told myself that I was like doing this task copying. So I'm not perfect, but I am, I, at least I'm acknowledging it and I'm trying to fix it. Um, The second thing that's helped is I had to really train myself to push through the challenge of working on something for a long period of time. Um, I would either take a break and like set new goals that just like wouldn't let me move on until something something was done. So I kind of had to just train myself and say, nope, come back. You need to focus on this. You need to get it done. Take a five minute break, but you need to come back. And really, it's just this like inner conversation that's happening in my head um, that I don't have people telling me to do this. It's just me acknowledging it, recognizing it, and then trying to fix it. Yeah. The last thing that has helped me is that I had Michelle as my accountability buddy. Um, (laughs) She was so great about always asking me questions of what I was doing, when I was going to have things completed. But I think here's the biggest thing when it comes to an accountability buddy. You need to find somebody who is going to give you tough love. And Michelle will give tough love. And she will tell me, you are not doing this. She will be harsh on me. But I know it's because she loves me and she wants me to do my best. You can't find somebody who's going to be like, oh, it's okay, hon. Everybody has it. It's all good. You're going to be fine. Move on. If that's the person that you have found as your accountability buddy, you need to drop them and you need to find somebody different. Yeah. We almost need someone who's going to be harder on us than we are on ourselves in those moments, you know? Yes. (laughs) So I don't mean this seriously, but I was thinking about it and I thought it was funny. Do you think as a task hopper that makes you better at overcoming task sucking hurdles? 
hopping hurdles. Oh, Michelle, it's too early sorry. in the morning for that. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well, so way back when we first came up with the term time sucking hurdle, mm-hmm. we had seen this gif, gif, however you want to say it, of a person like trying to jump over these hurdles and then one like smacks them in the face. Yeah. And that was like art inspiration for yeah. that term. And so I had another image of like a rabbit because of Hopper. And it just, y'all, <laughs> whew, okay. So one of my biggest mistakes is forgetting to write things down. I am now realizing, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm not as good at remembering things as I was when I was younger. Girl, you're getting old. (laughs) I guess so. Or as Billy says, he loves to joke because I'm 28 and he's 27. So he loves to say that he's in his mid-20s and I'm in my late 20s. Oh my gosh, what a stinker. So wrong. But recently I was meeting up with a friend and I had sent out these Galentine's Day gifts and in them were a chapstick. And she had said like, oh, I really like that chapstick. Y'all, it came in a 10 pack. So I had like four extra ones sitting in my bathroom. So I was like, great, I'll bring you another one. But in that moment, I didn't feel like going upstairs to get it, but I was worried I would forget to get it before I left the house. Mm -hmm. So I got a sticky note and I wrote chapstick and I put it over by where I grabbed my keys and Billy saw it and he was making fun of me. He's like, do you really have to write a sticky note for that? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) I am famous for thinking things in my head that I need to get done and forgetting to write them down, which means I forget to do them. And then all of a sudden things sneak up on me. I am very much a creature of habit. Y'all know I love sticking to a plan. And so I get a lot of like anxiety and stress and pressure when things don't go according to plan. And then it just, my train derails. You know what I mean? So when I forget about things because I didn't write them down, it alters my schedule, which I don't like. But here's what I've done to help because I think this is something everyone can relate to. In that moment, I will force myself to open up Google Tasks and add it as a to-do list item, even if it's something small. Even if I'm, you know, in the morning, I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm like, oh, I need to check the mail today. I will open up my Google Tasks and add in check the mail because if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget. And then my mailbox gets super full and I'm convinced that the post office hates us because they always are like smushing all of our stuff because we don't have like individual mailboxes. We have one of those like big mailbox things for the street. And so our box is not very big and all of the stuff just gets smushed in there and it's because I don't check it. Another thing that has worked, if I don't have my phone with me, y'all hear me out on this. I will put something random in a different spot to spark my memory. Okay. This started as a kid. So as a kid, I would lay in bed and it would take me forever to fall asleep. And as I was trying to fall asleep, I would think of things like, oh, before I go to school tomorrow, I need to get, you know, X item. So I would take like a pillow from my bed and I would throw it onto the middle of my floor. Keep in mind, my room was always clean, right? So a pillow in the floor, you're like, what is that? So in the morning when I would wake up and see it, I'd go, oh yeah, I threw that there to remind myself to grab like this item. I I know it sounds weird. Bridget is giving me like the weirdest look right now. How does that make you remember something else? It just does because I see something out of place and I go, oh yeah, that was to remind me. And sometimes I do have to sit there and think about what it was meant to remind me, but still. Okay, here's that's the other day. <laughs> I was in the shower and that's, I love to just like think when I'm in the shower. So I'll think of things I have to get done, but that's a difficult situation, right? No pillows to throw. So the other day I took like a razor that was in the shower and I just like tossed it into the middle of the bathroom floor <laughs> to remind me. 
I don't know. It works for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's great. Well, if that's not your cup of tea, um, I also will place sticky notes, as I mentioned, in the area that I need to see it. So for example, by the front door, if it's something that I have to take with me before I go somewhere, I'll either put it on the door or I'll put it by where like I'm going to grab my keys. Um, or I'll just go and grab the item and place it where I need to bring. So need to bring it. So with the chapstick, I'll just go upstairs and get the chapstick and put it by the door. Mm-hmm. Again, I kind of remember that two minute rule. I'm like, is it going to take me less than two minutes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Then I just go and do it. Uh, but here's another tip that you could use. Google Keep. I just discovered this. Google Keep has a function that will allow you to create reminders based on a location. So you could put in a Google Keep note, let's say you have a grocery list in there. You can add a reminder that will go off to like get a certain item when you arrive at the grocery store. I thought that that was a really cool feature and that could be something where it's like, oh, when I get to school this morning, I need to make sure that I, you know, check my mailbox, whatever it is. You could put the reminder to go off when you get to that location which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And I can't tell you how many times like I've told myself, oh, I need to remember to like put that book in my bag when I get home because I have some of my books here at home that I need for sometimes my lessons. Or, you know, I have kids who I will tell them, hey, I'm gonna bring you a a, like a chocolate bar and like remember to Oh, and you feel so bad when you forget. I do. Oh, it's (laughs) so horrible. So that's a really, really good tip. Okay, so my next one uh, for the mistakes, (laughs) not focusing on what is urgent versus like what is important. Um, So hear me out. It is absolutely no secret that I have a habit of throwing so much on my plate that I am incredibly overwhelmed. Okay, I get like the shiny object syndrome and I then I want to move on to like the next best thing. Um, Task copper. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> and it does. Um, so it's like very much stronger related back to my task hopping situation. All of it just kind of comes together. So when I had these items like on my to-do list, I would feel this like pressure to get them all done versus looking at like what I need to get done first. Okay. And this would okay. then cause me to task hop. So I would then work on these tasks that were not a priority, and then I would then fall behind and on my other tasks, which would then stress me out. It's just like a domino effect of situations yeah. and feelings. Um, it ended up causing me to feel stress. I felt like a failure to other people because I was letting people down. Um, and I was making promises that I wasn't able to keep, which was just a whole nother situation. We'll do a talk on that maybe another time. <laughs> So, yeah, so many different things happen. So here's something that's just really helped me with identifying, you know, what is it that I need to be working on right now? Um, So I've been using like the Eisenhower matrix. Now, I will say like I'm not the best at remembering to do this, but when I do remember to do this, um, it has helped a ton. So this is going to be in our digital planner. So if you have our digital planner, it's under the task tracker. So if you want to look at the Eisenhower matrix, it's under the task tracker. If you don't have our digital planner, you can head over to www.teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and check it out now. She's I'm applauding. applauding that plug. That was great. <laughs> so, and that allowed me to really just determine which task contained more importance and which ones were just urgent. Okay. So this basically is just like a, a grid 
like I view it as one of those like plot grids that has the four quadrants and each quadrant kind of represents something. And so what you have to do is you kind of have to look at each of your tasks and then sort them into the specific quadrant. Again, it's in our planner. You can check it out there. And I think we talk about it a little bit later on in one of our like future episodes. So the Eisenhower Matrix has been phenomenal in helping me identify what I need to get done. The second thing that's helped me is that I also set deadlines and placed reminders on my phone. So this has helped give me just kind of those reminders so that I would not forget and wait until the last minute to do something, which is also something else that I'm notorious for. I'm a procrastinator. But uh, setting those like hard deadlines on something and on a task that I need to get done, it's really helpful, especially when everything's kind of due at the end of the month. Do you know what I mean? Like I have certain things that it's like, oh, well, I have multiple items that I can get up before the end of the month. It's not really like a due date for somebody else. It's more of a due date for me so that I can stagger my tasks. So if I'm staggering it, then I'm not overwhelming myself and waiting to do everything at the end of the month. I can tell myself, well, I need to have this project done by like the 15th and this project done by the 20th and this project done by the end of the month, which helps me tremendously. The last thing that I do um, is breaking down projects. This is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has really allowed me to just focus on the individual tasks versus getting overwhelmed by looking at the very big project itself. Because again, I would start task copying from there because I would say, oh my gosh, I feel like everything is important. I need to do it all, right? So instead of that, I would look at the different project, uh, break it all down into its smallest little tasks. And then I would be able to complete those tasks in order. And that would help me feel less overwhelmed. And I can focus on what's important versus just, you know, peddling, peddling, peddling. Is it peddling? Peddling? <laughs> I don't peddling know, but around? that was glorious. Peddling around? <laughs> yeah, I think peddling. Okay. Um, but everything you just said, Bridget, like <laughs> I can highly relate to because I struggle with that as well. And when you were listing out your tips, like using the Eisenhower yes. matrix, setting the deadlines, breaking down projects, those are all the exact same things that I do. It's interesting that you touched on how it it becomes a cycle, right? We go through like, I want to do it all, but then I get stressed and then I feel like I'm letting people down. So then I want to do more. We're going to talk about this a lot more in our next episode. Bridget and I are just going to chit chat about Mm -hmm. like our current productivity. What's going on? What are we struggling with? What's working well? And I definitely want to dive into that like cycle because I think that's something a lot of us go through. Girl, I hope you wrote that down because I'm not going to remember by the time I I get to the next one. (laughs) I got you. I got you because remember, I write things down now. (laughs) Um, But also you mentioned with the Eisenhower Matrix how you don't do it every time. And I think that's important. These are all tools, right? These are all strategies and you don't have to do them every time. It's in those moments of need. And so for me, and I'm sure Bridget, this is the same for you. It's like the Eisenhower matrix is when I almost reach that breaking point where I'm like, how am I supposed to do this all in the Mm -hmm. amount of time I have? This is impossible. And I have to like sit down, get it all out and sort it. And it just like, it helps to alleviate that stress when it's at an all time high. Yes. All right. Mistake number two for me is that I waste the most productive hours of my day. So I have always believed that we have certain times of the day when we are most productive, like based on our personality, Mm -hmm. based on our habits, based on our schedule. 
However, I more recently, I still agree with that, but I more recently have realized, I think those times that we are productive can change over time, right? They kind of evolve with us during our lives. And I had never really thought about it from that angle. When I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean through like my early 20s, my quote unquote prime time of productivity was at night. I have been a night owl since I was a kid. My mom used to get mad at me because I would stay up late. But like I wasn't staying up late doing bad things. I would be like reorganizing my room in the middle of the night. (laughs) Are you surprised? Because you shouldn't be. No. (laughs) I definitely get this from my dad. Not the organization. That's from my mom. But the staying up late is from my dad. I remember as a kid, if I couldn't sleep, I would go downstairs. And I'm talking like 2 a.m. My dad was always watching The Wonder Years. And I have like these memories of just like watching it with him. And that's cute. So yeah. So that has been since I was young. But this continued on when I started teaching. I would stay up late to create TPT products, edit YouTube videos. For the first like two years of my channel, I would stay up until about eh, 4 a.m. editing my YouTube video and getting it ready. Like, but I enjoyed that, right? Like that was when I wanted to lesson plan, like super late at night. However, as I've gotten older into my <clears throat> late 20s, I have become less of a night owl. But what's weird is I still don't like getting up early. So I'm not an early bird, but I'm also not a a night owl. You know what I mean? So what time do you go Um, to bed? Well, it used to be like, and this is even while teaching, I would go to bed somewhere between like midnight and 1 a.m. Now it's more like somewhere between 10 and midnight is like me staying up super late now. Okay. Um, But I would say between 10 and 11. Okay. So it's only shifted by like two hours But, you know, it's a shift. And I've now realized my most productive hours of the day right now are between about 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. And really, if I'm being honest, it's probably until about 2 p.m. Because I start to I start to struggle the closer it gets to three. (laughs) Amen. But there are some days where that shifts because of Billy's work schedule. He had been working on a campaign. He's not any longer because the candidate did not win. But we're going to talk about that in the next episode. There were some days where he wouldn't go into work until 11. So I would have to like shift my work day. But I realized that if I don't get as much done earlier in the day, I would be forced to work on things like after 3 p.m. And that's just no longer working for me. And because I wouldn't get things done, I then was pushing to do's back to the next day. And I would have a day or two where like I just wouldn't get stuff done. And then I would have to like be super productive the next day in order to make up for it, which again, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. It's this whole like cycle thing. But over time, I feel like this is what leads to burnout, Mm -hmm. right? So here's what has helped me. I will literally stop and tell myself, Michelle, this is your prime time. Okay. This is prime time to be working. (laughs) And it does help. I also have switched my environment. So for a while I was working on the couch and that did work, but it maybe wasn't optimum. So now by working in my office upstairs, which it helps that I gave my office a makeover, my brain kind of switches into work mode once I walk through the door. I also will prime my environment. I did this last night to get ready for podcast recording. I'll open up all the tabs on my computer. That way when I come upstairs, I can jump right into it. 
And I know sometimes I struggle to start a task. So being able to jump right in is good for me. And then finally, I've started rewarding myself when I get my power list done prior to that 3 p.m. time. So it can be as simple as, okay, three o'clock comes around, my power list is done, I need a snack before the gym. (laughs) I always need snacks. But I will sit and watch like a YouTube video while I snack. I'm a very simple person. But if my list isn't done while I eat my snack, I may have to continue working. So I kind of use that as motivation. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) man, that is super interesting. I didn't realize that you changed like your your sleep schedule. So, yeah, hmm. yeah, I because now and again, it is that whole getting old, but I'll see 9 p.m. And I'm like, it's time to get ready for bed. And that was never me before. No. Never. Like, it's weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I mean, so like this past week was a really, really long week. And I was going to bed like at about 8, 830, which that's super early for me. Normally, I'm going to bed about 10 now. Yeah. Because yeah. Trent and I will stay up, we'll watch a show, that kind of thing. But yeah, typically somewhere between 9 and 10, I'm getting into bed and I'll watch about like an hour show and then I'm like laying down to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us like where it's kind of like with like women's cycles, how, you know, yeah. the longer you're with someone, they like if we you live with other match. females, they start to match. So even though we are on different parts of the country, mm-hmm. our, our schedules are starting yeah. to, to merge we together. Are. That's <laughs> so cute, guys. It's a sweet moment. <laughs> OK, so my next one is um, doing what I want to do versus what I need to do. Where are my Enneagram fours at? (laughs) So I feel like my emotions would often really, like they dictate everything that I would do. (laughs) And this would cause me to, again, get behind, leave my projects unattended because I wasn't in the mood. (laughs) And I'm doing that in quotes. Or I didn't feel like it, (laughs) again, in quotes. Um, But this was always really challenging for me. And I recognized that my emotions were essentially just driving my life altogether. It's like my brain had no say in the matter because my mood was like always had to be just right in order to get into that specific project that needed to get done. So... And I think this was like when we did our uh, personality podcast is when it really mm-hmm. like opened up for me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like my feelings really do kind of drive everything. And Trent would tell me this like he would say, oh, well, you're not in the mood <laughs> to do that. Like we can't just wait for when Bridget's ready to like when she feels like she wants to do something. I would get so <laughs> mad at him. I would be so mad. I would throw such a fit. But he was right. Just let's not tell him <laughs> Don't that. Don't you hate when that happens? But we're not going to tell him that. <laughs> we're not going to say it. Thank gosh he doesn't listen to this podcast. All right. So here are some things that have really helped me. One is really understanding my personality more. So going back to that personality test, which if you want to go and listen to it, it's episode 062. We took a personality test. Here are the results. Um, I kind of... I think I paid like the was it 12 or 14 extra bucks yeah, to get like it the wasn't PDF. much it wasn't a ton but, but it was worth it yeah and I remember just like one night just sitting there and reading through it all <laughs> mm-hmm. um oh man that was like a you want some tough love take it's a- like a therapy session <laughs> yeah. you're like oh boy <laughs> I know so um <clears throat> I feel like when I was able to have this better understanding of the problems that I was having, I was able to look for more ways to solve those problems. 
And the personality test really allowed me to just focus on what I specifically needed to change in order to become this more productive person. Okay. The second thing is that I started to track my moods. <laughs> so I was using a habit tracker, um, which is also in our planner, but I was using it within our fitness planner because I was really excited about our fitness planner. So if you want to check that out, you can head over to teachingandthedouble.com forward slash story. I'm doing a great job today. Yes. Um, so in our fitness planner, it does have a ton of different trackers. And so I printed out one of the habit trackers that we have, and I wanted to just kind of look at where my moods were. So I kind of identified some different moods that I was having, whether it was like headaches, which I know that's not a mood, but it's more of a symptom, but it's still important for me to track because I get them a lot. Um, And I just started noticing this like pattern with my moods. And I realized that they were direct, directly linked um, to my cycle. I know. I'm sorry, men that are out there. I know. And so (laughs) I know it's like real big shocker, right? But this meant that I needed to really kind of focus on those times when I had less energy and not plan so much around those times. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So during the periods where I did have a ton of energy, I would always try to plan like those bigger projects that I really could push through because I had that energy to do it. And so for the times where I don't have as much energy, I typically will try to plan things that are that are less intensive, you know, kind of brainless work is what Mm -hmm. I try to think of it as. Okay. The last thing I started to do is I started to become more strategic um, in planning and working on items that were more like, that were more mentally draining around those like specific times. So that's kind of that piece that I told you with the moods and just kind of making sure that I planned things accordingly based off of you know, how I was feeling during that time. I will tell you, like, my energy levels are normally the highest right before I start. Isn't that weird? Yeah, well, it's interesting that you mention all this because I don't get extreme mood fluctuations. I'll have one day leading into my cycle where I, everything annoys me. But other than that, like I'm pretty stable where I've started tracking mine is how it affects my strength in the gym. And I've noticed, you know, big fluctuations there. And what's interesting is I feel like right before I start, I usually am very strong in the gym. So that's interesting. Yeah. And then I get really, really tired after. Yeah. yeah. I know. (laughs) It's typically, okay, I'm going to like throw out a bunch of men. You just hit the 30 or 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Okay, here we go. But like right when I start to like, I'm, I'm supposed to be ovulating. That's typically when I have my, my tired time. It's not during, it's when I'm ovulating. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And that's what I've realized is like everyone is different. Cause I feel like if you look at a lot of the research, they say that the time that you're ovulating is when you should be at like almost like this high. And it's, and not. yeah, I've found that like the week before ovulating, which is typically like the week right after your period, right? right? That's when like, I'll have a really strong week. The week that I'm ovulating is like, eh, it's not horrible, but it's not great. And then the week leading up to like mm-hmm. my actual period is when I'm like, oh, I feel like I feel good again. And then my period. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. That was me. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my final mistake, <laughs> once again, zero surprise. I have been afraid to say no. Shocker. I've always struggled with this. Even when I was in high school, I was in three AP classes. I was doing year-round varsity sports. I was team captain for all of those sports as well. I was part of the National Honor Society. I was working. Girl, you're wearing me out. (laughs) I know. 
Um, first job, Ace Hardware, super glamorous. I was volunteering at a local animal shelter. Like I was doing all of the things. Quick side note story, but just to show you how much I struggled with Mm -hmm. saying no. My, let's see, it was my junior year of high school. I was in AP World History, AP Calculus, and AP Spanish. Plus I was doing, you know, sports. Well, and I had other classes too. Those were just my three Mm -hmm. AP classes. So with track, we would leave pretty much every Wednesday for our meet. We would leave with like a half a day. So the place we were running indoor track, it was like two hours of a bus ride away. So we would lose half a day of like instruction. So I would have things to make up for classes. We were at the meet and we would not get home from the meet until like midnight typically because it was so far away. And these meets, there were so many schools that they would take like six hours to get through. It was crazy. So I remember like one of the first weeks where I left for a meet, I was trying to do homework at the meet, but like it's loud. I couldn't get a lot Mm -hmm. done. I got home. I had to do all this work for like AP Spanish and AP Calc. I stayed up until about 4 a.m., fell asleep, didn't finish my work. So I wake up in the morning and I'm panicked. Thank goodness my parents let me skip first period, which I had never in my life done. But I was like, I don't have my work done for it. Like I'm not done. So I realized I was like, I have to drop AP Spanish. It was just too much work. But I couldn't do it. So I had to make like my parents came with me to school to talk to the teacher to tell her I was dropping the class because I was worried she would convince me to not drop it because there were only like four kids in the class and I was doing really well. And so I was so scared. My parents had to come. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I realized (laughs) that saying yes to everyone and everything is a form of people pleasing, which makes other people happy, but it does not make me happy. So I've also realized over the years that other people are selfish and they'll continue to ask for more and more and more. And especially in education, if you are that teacher always saying yes to taking on new responsibilities, you will be the one always getting those responsibilities because they know you're going to say yes. So you end up with too much on your plate and then you just keep going and you keep going and you keep saying yes until you burn out. It's like running on a treadmill. It's like you keep increasing the speed until eventually you're just going to co- collapse from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So you have to break the cycle. And obviously this is the hard part because it's easier to say yes than it is to say no because you don't have to deal with that like disappointment. But I will say saying no is so incredibly free. Like I know we don't really curse on our podcast. So if you have little ones by, not that it's a super bad word, but just, you know, earmuffs, you feel like a badass. Like you really do. You're like, you know what? Like I like, oh, it just feels so good. So here's what has helped me. I will remind myself I am allowed to say no. And here's the super important part. I do not owe anyone an explanation. I always Thank you. I always felt like I had to rationalize or explain why I was saying no. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do this because no, Mm -hmm. I don't owe an explanation. No is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. That is such a good point to make. Thank you so much. I feel like I've also recognized that I do the same thing. No, I'm so sorry. I'm doing this, this, this. And I need to stop saying I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, the answer is no. Like, yep, that's just what it is. Yep. That's a really good point, too. Like the whole apologizing. You don't need to apologize. You're allowed to say no. no. The second kind of story that I tell myself, if you will, if it is not a heck yes, it's a no. 
which means if I'm not super excited about something from the get-go, I say no to it. And this takes off a lot of pressure because I used to say yes in the moment and then I would get a ton of anxiety when that event actually came. And I was like, why did I agree to do this? Mm -hmm. And I would just dread it every time. Mm -hmm. Here's a real quick example. I was asked to be the host for the online portion of South by Southwest EDU, which Mm -hmm. if you don't know, it's this big conference in Austin. And it's a like, there's a ton of really cool people that like speak at South by Southwest. So it was an incredible opportunity. But as soon as I got asked to do it, my stomach just dropped because I'm like, I'm not good at hosting. I don't think this is right for me. And I ended up saying no. And as much as I hated to say no to that opportunity, I did feel a huge sense of relief because deep down, like it was going to stress me out. And then I've also learned that it's easier to turn a no into a yes than a yes into a no. So if you initially say no to something and then later you realize, oh, I actually want to do this, a lot of times, not always, a lot of times that no can become a yes. But when you say yes to something, it's so much harder to back out later. So I will usually start with a no knowing (laughs) that I could possibly turn it into a yes later. Nice. Those are really, really good points. What a great way to end this one. (laughs) This is fantastic. (laughs) So those are going to be our biggest time management mistakes. In our next episode, we are going to do a little chit chat about what's currently going on in our lives. And hopefully Michelle will remember the things that she wanted to bring back up. I got you. (laughs) And you might hear some of these mistakes resurface because after Mm -hmm. all, we are imperfect human beings. Yeah, unfortunately. Do you want me to outro us? Is I that do. what just happened? Okay. I do. I do. Because I feel like I did them a lot last month. <laughs> I know. I know. It kind of became your thing, but I feel like that's not fair. It's a lot of pressure it to put on so you. so much pressure. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love for you to check out our website, www.teachingonthedouble.com. You can submit your own TSH or time-sucking hurdle by clicking on the button that says TSH. You also can grab our digital planners under our store. We would also love for you to subscribe to our podcast. That way, every time we drop a new episode, it's like fresh, ready to go there in your little podcast area. And if you are listening to us through Apple Podcasts, We would love for you to leave us a review. We actually read them and they bring us so much joy. (laughs) So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.